Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate Reckons, the show where we teach you and each other about whatever we want to talk whatever about. Whatever stuff we're kind of interested in. Parental advisory. We're probably going to do some swearing. And we're going to talk about sex. Inevitably, in everything. I don't know how with this episode. I will find a way. There's the challenge. <laughs> Hey there, Claire. Hey, Dave. How are you, mate? Oh, look, everything's looking up. We're here, we're together. We are, and we're going to talk about war. (laughs) And peace. (laughs) That's right. So what did you ask me? I wanted to know about the enormous novel War and Peace. Okay. Because I know nothing about it. Nothing. Apart from that it's enormous. And you feel like it's important. I feel like maybe it comes up into the lexicon of, like, the world. It does as, like, big, important literature works. Have you read or do you know anything else about Leo Tolstoy, who wrote War and Peace? Only that he is a man. Have you seen... (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Have you seen the 2000 film of Anna Karenina with Keira Knightley? No. Okay. Well, he wrote Keira Knightley. So he's Russian. (laughs) He's Russian. And he wrote Keira Knightley. Yeah, that's correct. He wrote um, Anna Karenina. Right. um, And War and Peace. He wrote a bunch of other shit as well, but that is, like, the key, the big important... His big success. His big, like, his his crazy in love and lemonade. (laughs) 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 Did he secretly drop it? One afternoon. Yeah. And be like, Over boom, Instagram, here you go. Like, boom. <laughs> Bitches, get on board. Here's a really massive <laughs> fucking novel. Um, okay, so. how long is it? Well, there's no, there's no easy way to answer that other than bloody long. Okay. Because when you text me about this, you were like, oh, War and Peace. And I was, I'm an avid reader. You I were go, like, I'll read it. I go through a book about once every, once every couple of days. Um, and I said, oh, I'll read it. It'll be a great opportunity for me to read War and Peace because I've read Anna Karenina yeah. and I really loved it. Um, and then I downloaded <laughs> the audiobook and the audiobook was like 45 <gasps> or more hours long. And I... A I, normal audiobook for reference is maybe 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's a big, a big book. That's a big, like, book. And I was like, okay. And then I looked at... The, um, I tried to, I was like, oh, I can do audio and ebook at the same time. And I looked at ebooks and it's like, there's seven different translations. But at which point my baby started crying and I went, this is too hard. (laughs) Fuck you, Claire. So I haven't read it. Right. But I think the majority of the human race hasn't read it. There is no version of the world where I'm going to read it. Everything you tell me about it is all I'm going to know about. Well, I don't think I'm going to read it now. You don't have to read it. But it's like one of those big, like, Western canon import, quote-unquote, important Great. I think we just need to know what it is. From the sound of it, I don't think it's enjoyable. Right. Like, I don't think it's a (laughs) page-turner. I think it's a thinker. There's no sexy romps through Russia. No. Kira Knightley. No. Let me tell you about Tolstoyan first. Mm -hmm. Let me give you that background. Let's get some context. Aristocrat. Of course. And we're talking late 19th century. So there's a few really important artistic things that are going on here. So we're talking like... Not Beyonce. Not Beyonce. <laughs> Although Beyonce, in her own way, transcends time. <laughs> um, Tolstoy uh, wrote released War and Peace in 1869. So he was 41 ah, years old. See, I didn't even know that it's that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's late... 20, it's late 19th century, and a whole lot of artistic movement is coming out 
of Russia at that time. Mm. Your theatre history will know that that's Stanislavski and Chekhov and realism. Realism is the, like, thing of the moment where where there's a new interest in science and science is having technological breakthroughs. In the background, we've got Freud going, you slept with your mother, and Charles Darwin (laughs) going, and she was a monkey too, and all of that in the background. We're all connected. We're all connected, so breakthroughs in science, and there was an effort in art to replicate that, to replicate the... the Real life as close as possible. Real life as close as possible. Mm -hmm. And, And so we're not talking about pulp novels here or fantasy adventures or genre fiction of detectives and heroes and heroines. We're talking about quite unquote realism. Yeah. (laughs) We're not talking about having fun. (laughs) Right? So that's that. In later life he became a Christian anarchist and a pacifist. Oh tall Tolstoy. But he was very like pro a Christian anarchist yes. who is also a pacifist. pacifist. So what is what is the anarchy? He's an, an- he wasn't aligned to any particular church. He didn't think that moral good came from going to a church. He, he believed in the broad principles of Christianity right. and in particular nonviolence. Okay. So he was kind of groovy. Yeah. In the late 19th century. That's, in Russia. In Russia. <laughs> that's not like an easy point of view to hold, right? Um So he served in the Crimean War as a young man, so he had a military history. Mm -hmm. He would have read Les Miserables, which is this enormous book with Hugh Jackman. And Anne Hathaway. And Anne Hathaway. Where we learn Russell Crowe can't sing. And Anne Hathaway shaves her head and sings. And cries. And cries. Um, But the book is by Victor Hugo and it's French and it's enormous. Um, And it was another attempt at realism, and he would have been inspired by that. And you you can see a lot of similarities between those two novels. It's another huge novel that you're never going to read, right? He was cool. Plus, I don't like musical theatre. He was cool in one sense. He felt, well, that's controversial right (laughs) out of the gate. Thanks for alienating all of our audience. Uh, He he founded 13 schools for the children of Russian peasants. Because education is important and he wanted them to learn. Indeed. Tolstoy. But here you go, okay, oh, take brilliant. a left hand. He had 13 kids with a wife who was 16 years younger than him. Oh, And only eight survived, oh. which is sad, but not uncommon for the time. And his wife, so, you know, get over it. It's just a few kid just keep, deaths. Just keep, keep pumping them out. Um, his wife, Sophia, is the great unsung hero behind the great man. Oh, was, that's um, just like every historical event ever, isn't was it? Was a mother, was an editor. For all of Tolstoy's work. And importantly, she transcribed, I've got it here somewhere, she transcribed as many as seven complete manuscripts, seven complete drafts of War and Peace before Tolstoy was happy with it. Novel ever. And she transcribed them. Sophia. From his notes. So Sophia Tolstoy. She is the queen. Um, There's no like fucking transcribing. No, you can't pop onto it. No. You can't do Google Dictate. She's taking those handwritten notes and she's doing them again. In his crazy Russian. Oh, Sophia. It was first published serially. So it was first published as like little, which was a thing they did. That's how all of Dickens wrote his novels. So published in little episodes and then published in a great big fat thing in 1869. It follows five. 69. There we go. We've got a sex reference. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Well done. <laughs> My libido rises at the mere mention of that number. Uh, follow, it follows five Russian aristocratic families and it chronicles the French invasion of Russia. Your energy is already gone down. Why did you ask me about that? I think it was the, why do we need 
need to be about five aristocrats. I'm not going to give you a plot synopsis. I'm not going to go into it, right? No. We'll talk about the actual war it's based on. Okay. Because it's based on, and this is a point of history that I knew nothing about. I don't, yeah, correct. Do you know anything about Napoleon? <laughs> He's little, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. Abba wrote a song about him, Waterloo. <laughs> That's the only other thing I know. He was little. Um, oh, no, but let me get to Okay, so here's a weird, like, here's a hint that he was a bit of a wanker as well. Oh. He went, no, War and Peace is not a novel. Oh. And A Karenina is my novel. War and Peace is like a- My manifesto. <laughs> indeed. A fucking poem. Eventually, if you get to the end of it, if you go through all of if it- you read it all. There's a number of chapters at the end that are pretty much just essays, that are pretty much just like, hey, if you're still with me- <laughs> Here's what I Here's think about this. About, yeah. these things. about Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> vagina candles or fucking <laughs> whatever. Right? And he does his own dissertation on that, which makes it even funner to read. Oh, Tolstoy. Um uh, He didn't think great literature should conform to any standard norms. He was all about breaking the rules. It has 580 characters in it. Oh my gosh. Right? So take that, George. Is he a R. good writer? Like I was think it re- at- well written? I, I absolutely. I from the little I've read of War and Peace, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. And around and Anna Karenina is great. Anna Karenina has one of my favourite first lines in all of literature, which is all happy families are the same. Every unhappy family is different. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Google, Google, Google. <laughs> this is where we need we Will. Need Will. Fucking oh, hell. All happy families. Happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Oh, good. That's a good first That's sentence. That's a good first sentence. Um, yeah. So, you know. I, okay, so he can write. Yes. And far be it from me to say not, because a great deal of human literature <laughs> academia has decided that he knew what he was doing. Okay. Right? No, he's shit. <laughs> he's real shit. I don't know why people think this is a big deal. In the bin, Tolstoy. <laughs> it's just long, so it feels like hard work. But I'm sure if you got into it before. Okay. So, cut to 1812. 50, 60 years earlier, okay. right? And Napoleon has done this big thing with France. He's French. He's very French. <laughs> He's <laughs> French accent. He's tried to take over most of Western Europe and has been largely successful. Right. Up to this point. It's 1812 and it's at the peak of – he's at the peak of his power – um, it, Napole- Napoleonic years have been awesome. Sure. They're all eating chocolate and vanilla and strawberry ice cream all like at once because M- that's Marie Neapolitan. Antoinette? Oh, good. That's clever. <laughs> I don't know if it's Marie Antoinette. When was Marie Antoinette? I don't know. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Which flavour is your favourite in a Neapolitan tub of ice cream? Always. It's, it just continues to be amazing that I end up with a woman. Strawberry. Me too. Strawberries, but I don't get the big deal about chocolate ice I cream. I don't either. I don't know why I, people are obsessed with it. This is why we're friends. Go strawberry, then vanilla, then chocolate. Correct. I don't under. People are like, mmm, chocolate ice cream. No. I'm like, mmm. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Okay. All right, we're in 1812. 12. Napoleon is kicking ass. He's kicking ass. He's taken over most of Europe, but, Nepo- but he's... He's got a baseball bat and he's walking down the street in his yellow suit. In his truck. yellow suit doing <laughs> awesome <ready>. things. <laughs> he's with his army and his, his army's been charging through Western Europe. Back at home, he's starting to lose in the polls. Right. right? People are like, mm. France are like, he hasn't been around here in a while. And there's a lot. We're really <laughs> the hungry. The power has gotten to his, his head. head. It's not what it used to be. Right? Okay. 
So, for a bunch of reasons, which I won't go into, largely because I know. <laughs> <laughs> Russia has a great input. Russia's got a great economy right. at this time. Um, it's There's some dirt on some treaties and a, a whole tangle of European relationships are getting nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, Russia is picking on Poland constantly. It kind of wants to go into right. Poland, right? Um, and Napoleon says, no more. I'm going in. We're going to take Russia. Right. Right. So France is going to take Russia. France is going to take Russia, which at the time feels vaguely achievable. Okay. Because that is how powerful France is at this moment in history. He takes in over 600,000 soldiers. That's the size of his army. It's called La Grande Army, (laughs) which is French for... Grand Army. (laughs) I didn't know you spoke French. Amazing. I've been doing it in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Duolingo. Good on you. Um, it's probably the biggest army ever assembled. Biggest ground army ever assembled. Up to that point in history. So right? they're going to fuck shit up. They are going to fuck shit up. In they go. No problem. The Russian army slowly retreats mm-hmm. as, as it goes, but it has a scorched earth policy. So it's going backwards and like. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, and they're like, what, we're not going to let France get fucking anything. So they're bur- Russia's going through and burning villages and taking down crops and fucking. So as, like, if you're going to take our country, we will hand you. it to you as a piece of wasteland. Piece of shit. That's right. So they're going backwards, 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 backwards. Burning shit as they Burning go. shit. So the French army, and I don't know if you know this, Russia's fucking big. <laughs> so as Russia's going along, as France is going along, they haven't. Got, they run out of supplies. They're like, this is too big a task. They don't know the landscape, of course. So everything th- is burnt and smells like yeah ash. That's exactly right. Okay. So um, good tactic on Russia's part. I know, right? Caused a lot of distress, but <laughs> got them through it. The Russian army keeps going back. France actually takes Moscow, which okay. is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Napoleon's in Moscow, waiting for a peace treaty. Right. He's there for a month. Doesn't turn up. The Russians the Russian go. The Russians are like, no, no. They're in St. Petersburg, which is the capital at the time, but Moscow's still enormous yep. and a big deal. And he's like, great, I've got Moscow. All I need to do is wait here for your surrender. And it doesn't happen. Um, so he buggers off down south. And there's a number of battles where he doesn't win. And then the Russian winter comes in. Freezing. Freezing. All very hard. He doesn't know about it. And he ends up with just 27,000 troops from 600,000. Because they died. Because they all died. He lost that many along the way, right? So he buggers off back to Poland. And it's a huge turning point for Napoleon because things start to go downhill from there. Um, It triggered major changes for Napoleon, another European war, massive loss of life. Um, And I've written here in my notes, not a great time. (laughs) (laughs) That's my summary from my research. Not a great time. So that's what... To be Napoleon. That's what War and Peace is about. It's about five aristocratic Russian families... It's split into five different books, I think. Mm. And each, like, the first couple of books are just, you get invested in the lives of the families. And um, there's, like, three or four generations in each family and how they live and how they make money and who they fall in love with, Mm. et cetera, et cetera. And then their entire life gets disrupted. Because of Napoleon. Because of Napoleon and they have to go into hiding and there's war scenes that are apparently very violent for the time written and and are really, like, the saving private Ryan of... (laughs) War novels, because it's like, no, we're taking it fucking seriously. People 
lose their legs and awful yeah, right. things happen. But then they're big, proud Russia is victorious in the end. Because Napoleon it, is like, oh, it's freezing. It's, it's freezing. I want to go home. I, I want to go. <laughs> no, I want to. Incorrect. Je suis <laughs> that, home. That, that, Je suis that, home. That, Take me home. That's became Italian. <laughs> <laughs> A verge on racism. So, um, no, I, I just am racist. So, listen, mate, that's what I've got for you. Towards Napoleon. Towards Napoleon. Yeah, what a twat. And then he ends up in Waterloo and Abba sings about him in frilly shirts. And, and that's that. how. And that's what the novel is about, right? right? Okay. But it's not a novel. It's a, lo- it's it's a visual album. it's about that war. It's about that war. Okay, it's a which, visual album. <laughs> which is like. It's Beyonce at Coachella. Part one of. But that is just one part of a massive, like, series of intricate wars that revolve around Napoleon right. and European relations and at the time. And these five families. And these five families. At the t- and and then yeah. it ends with a few essays. It, indeed. That have anything to do with the, the plot of the yeah, novel? Yeah, 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 because it's all about... Because he was obsessed, and you see this in Anna Karenina as well, you see, like, the moral... Uh, incredible philosophical debate about morals, about what is the right thing to do mm. and is war judge. Because, of course, it's a clue that he ended up as a pacifist. Yes. So, like, when is a Having war, been in a war. Having been in a war as a soldier, having written largely about this war and becoming obsessed with it, um, what is what is the right and just cause of action? How do you live a moral life? Mm. What role does love play? All those grand kind sure. of epic themes. Yeah. So that's what makes him... And it is a master work. Why do you think we still care about it? I think because this is a difficult thing and it brings up a question of um, because the what we consider as important literary works. Capital L. Capital L. Lit, is obviously uh, incredibly patriarchal and incredibly white and, and a huge factor of history. So I don't know. <clears throat> it depends what your aim is. I genuinely don't know how useful it is to read people like Tolstoy, unless you really enjoy. Like I enjoyed Anna Karenina, sure. but as a reader going into War and Peace, I was like, mm, I'm not. But I'm like, I've got a doctorate in human, like in d- drama. Like yeah. I, I read a lot, and I'm interested in. But I went. This is too hard for my life right now, where I'm looking after mm. newborns. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's incredible, and his skill is in, insane. Yeah, insane. But I don't think it would get published today, uh, and I, I think, yeah, and, right. and it's incredibly important because it's an indicator of a particular time in history. Yes, the, you know, right, it's a right, marker right, of that moment. Marker of that moment. But I, I know that you, but I get like intelligence guilt or intellectual guilt because I go, oh, I haven't read. Like I still haven't read Charles Dickens, and I go, by no. now I should have read Charles Dickens, or I should have read... I feel I sh- a, a literary pressure. I feel a literary pressure, but I'm always amazed by you or because an you're pressure. an incredible intellect and incredible writer, and you don't feel that pressure at all. <laughs> I don't read anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. No, you read, read a lot. contemporary romance. You do. A lot. But you don't feel the need to go back to these works. Classics. No, and I don't know why. I wonder what that comes from. I have no, I have no sense of guilt about not having read a lot of classics at all, and I have no guilt about my bookshelf being made up of hilarious, sexy rom coms mostly. No, I don't either. think you should. Or feel like it. spiritual memoirs. I've read every <laughs> single one of Shakespeare's plays. I have not, because <laughs> I find them incredibly boring. 
And I know as a theatre animal that hurts you in, I just like kicked you in your theatrical It hurts dick. less and less as the years go on because I realise. Because you know it's a fact. Because <laughs> I know it's a fact. And my dick at this point has been kicked so much by it that it's gone inside <laughs> my body. But, um, but also I do think that, I think how we label quote unquote important works is of course a function of a power imbalance and mm. a gender imbalance and blah, 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 blah. So yes. people tend to including Shakespeare and including Tolstoy, tend to get stuck yeah. in that they're important without us yes. frequently going back to go, are we sure they're important well, it's to that, us still? Well, it's that contextual thing of, of who do these works leave out? Yes, because you think what are the silences? Shakespeare yeah. and, you know, a relatively privileged dude who had a big career, but who were the other writers at that time? Yeah. Who... Who else was making work? Yeah, what of course. Other, what are the who? What are the women or people what were the of women color? Doing? Or yeah, what do they have to say about yeah, that time? That's absolutely. what I find interesting about absolutely our history. But by no, that's not the reason I'm not reading them. <laughs> it's not me taking a grand political, political statement. Intersectional. It'd be, sexy, it'd be very stance. noble if you were. Go wow, that Claire's no, really got her shit together. Just got too much Netflix to watch, Dave. <laughs> um, so what do you what do you reckon about War and Peace? My mate reckons it's too long. My mate reckons Napoleon had a moment where things were really good for him and then they went to shit real bad. Yeah. My mate reckons Russia's really cold. Yeah, it, it is, for real. <laughs> My mate reckons that this war happened and lots of people died, again, because of men swinging their dicks around. Yeah, pretty much, charge. trying to take too much, yeah. And that Tolstoy, my mate reckons that War and Peace is could be good if you had the time to if read it. If you had the time. I'll read it at some point, but just not at this point in my life. No. Well, thanks for being my mate, Claire. Thanks for being my mate, Dave. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this Please on, do. that would be great. That would be great. Tell, Tell your friends. Tell your mates. That's right. That's the name of the show. I see what you did there. Where can people find you, Claire? People can find me on Instagram at Claire and Pearl. Where can people find you, Dave? People can find me at Dave Burton Writer. And if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.